0: Depending on when you're listening and where you're listening Regardless, thank you for listening The show is NXT Talk Where we talk about all things NXT 2.0 And boy oh boy there's a lot To talk about, especially this week We may have seen the final Appearance of not one but two Mainstays From NXT 1.0 We're seeing pushes For new wrestlers We're seeing weird vignettes And we're seeing Some crossover with the main roster We're going to be talking about all that and more And as always, I'm your host, I'm Boris And I'm joined by Matt
1: Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well Boris, it's a cool, snowy Toronto morning here as we record Uh, I gotta ask you, buddy, as a Cali boy you You must not be a snow fan You must not be a winter man I or am I stereotyping?
0: Or you're stereotyping 100%. Believe it or not, I actually like oh, the no. winter a little more in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, that that's kind of uh, how I roll. That That's kind of how I roll. But uh, yeah, it's a very snowy day. Um, pretty damn cold as well, I think. Uh, it's safe to say that winter for sure has hit us. Uh, they're saying it's going to be a white Christmas, whatever that means um but yeah we'll see uh we'll see how things go in terms of the weather uh matt how are you it's been a couple days since uh war games
1: yeah oh, i'm pretty good you know keeping busy there was uh, i was actually hoping to maybe spend a full day off inside due to the snow but now i gotta go do a couple things but yeah you know hanging in there life is good buddy but yeah nxt war games was very interesting and uh I, we have a lot to talk about, a lot of uh, potential departures, as you said, some crossover, so many things going on with this NXT 2.0. Yeah,
0: it's it's crazy. Like it's, um, you know, we've said it before about this show, and I'm just gonna reiterate the fact that, like it, it's honestly they throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Um, that's essentially what the show has become. Some of it is good. Then you have jacket time. And then <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 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 very hit and miss. I I think.
1: Yeah, I I 100 agree with that. And I think the promos this week were by and large okay. They were pretty good. I like the promos and the storytelling more than the wrestling. I didn't think there were really any good matches. Well, there were a couple like good decent matches. Yeah, but uh, this was a kind of a character reset show. We got a lot of. Uh, you know a lot of storylines kind of taking shape right now in NXT.
0: Yeah. What's going to be interesting is that, you know, it's safe to say that a lot of the the old guard, the black and gold guard uh-huh. uh were kind of coaching some of the the new guard 2.0 guys through matches, through stories, through through a lot, right? Through the presentation of the first few months of NXT 2.0. What's interesting though is is Now, I think we're going to start seeing more 2.0 slash 2.0 matchups, and I'm going to be super interested to see how they, um, you know, how how well they do not only in ring, but with promo work and, and then all that fun stuff.
1: Absolutely well even next week we're having uh, Tony D'Angelo versus Andre Chase I guess they're kind of pushing They're kind of leaning Tony to be a To be a baby face here a little bit Because Andre Chase is huge heel Although the lines are clearly blurred Boris And heels wrestle heels baby face wrestles baby face It might not even We might not even actually have a clear heel baby face Divide at all anymore
0: I, Except for one person Who's that? Grayson Waller
1: Oh yes, yeah. Grayson Waller is 100% boomy bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And this this show definitely told that tale. But uh, yeah, I guess Von Wagner too is a pretty strong heel. But yeah, you know there there are shades of gray up and down the card.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then that's you know we've we've talked about this in the past. We talked about this on Sunday that you know who's a face, who's a heel. Um, I don't know whether it's it's you know WWE NXT doing this on purpose or just because of the character resets right like they kind of started 2.0 um and then we got to the war games build up where they wanted all the 2.0 guys to be heels and now because war games is over you know we have this reset uh so to speak as as you said and it's uh you know now i think we're going to start seeing a new definition of faces and heels or i could be absolutely wrong and you know the powers that be are just happy with this with this uh 51 shades of gray
1: yeah i think uh part of it too is listening to the crowd actually and kind of just basing it off that like tony d'angelo is getting over people are like enjoying his work he's getting cheered so why not make him a baby face for a week or two and see how it goes like have him wrestle an andre chase who is as stereotypical a heel as they have in terms of character and you know see if you can get more cheers and see what you have there you might as well that's what developmental is about is experimenting so it's not necessarily a bad thing but it does make for strange watching you know when we're following the show week week to week it's like oh now la night's a baby face randomly oh now boa is possessed okay
0: Exactly, um, it's very hard, like, to keep up. Especially as we say, they, they're it's constantly changing, constantly evolving. So it's like, you know, sure, this, like you said, especially La Knight. It's just so weird to have him as a face. He should never be a face. That's one of the few people who, like, I I just can't see being a face. But hey, sure, why not? Let's 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 you know, let's go with it. Let's see how it how it goes. Um, and it's crazy to think. Because I agree with you that they are listening to the crowd. But to me, it's absolutely insane that they're actually doing that because it's like the most anti WWE thing you can possibly do. And that's listen to the crowd.
1: It's uh, it's not really if they're building uh, for Vince McMahon's WWE, it's not really Vince McMahon's M.O. So we'll see how that works. But yeah, no, I think in this stage they have to do it. And I'm glad they are. It kind of seems like that's how these things are playing out.
0: Exactly. All right, man. I think we have a lot to cover, a lot to cover, or sorry, a lot to cover, a lot to chat about. Uh, so we might as well get right into business. But before we do that, we have one Small item to take care of, and that is our rating de jour. Because as the Young Guns, were done with star ratings. We like to have a rating de jour. We like to uh, rate each match out of five something, and it changes up depending on theme, depending on really our mood. Uh, so on Sunday during the the War Games aftercast, as I called it, which is available on all the feeds, um, uh, we rated each match out of. Five Johnny Garganos. I think because we most likely have seen Kyle O'Reilly for the last time on NXT, it is only fair and right to rate each match out of
1: five Kyle O'Reilly's. Yes, five cool guy Kyles out of five, Boris. For the great Kyle O'Reilly, it is possible. It sure kind of seemed like they wrote him off out of this show, the way it kind of played out. There was a line in a promo, too, that was like, well, Kyle's not going to be here anymore. So it was like, oh, really? He's not? Anyway, so if this is the end, Kyle O'Reilly has done incredible work in NXT, and let's rate matches out of five O'Reilly's, five cool guy Kyles out of five this week.
0: Awesome. All right. So the show opens up with a video package highlighting Sunday's War Games event. And then we're live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, and it is Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett on commentary. Uh, So at least, you know, for now, two man commentary team. Let's talk about this real quick before we move on. I liked it, and I think that they did a great job together.
1: Absolutely. They have chemistry. They're both really good at the job. Vic Joseph has improved a lot, and Wade Barrett was always great, in my opinion. So, yeah, man, I I really am glad they're sticking with the two-man booth. Commentary booths are so overcrowded in wrestling these days. Three- and four-man booths on every show. Yeah, just keep it simple, stupid. The old kiss rule, Boris, and they're keeping it simple. And, uh, yeah, they're sounding less stupid.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, especially when you know the competition has like five, six man booths at any given time. That's a little overkill. So having a two man booth is honestly a breath of of fresh air, a sigh of relief to say the least. All right, so let's get right into it. As the show did, the first match of the night was a steel cage match: Von Wagner, Von Smackdown, Von Forehead, Von Beverly versus Kyle O'Reilly.
1: yeah, definitely the best match on the show good hard hitting match all action but not like a spot fest but it was a fight it felt like a fight in a steel cage the whole time Von Wagner is, is he's a good big man and he's only going to continue to get better he's a legitimate athlete I like that they started in the action to Boris as you alluded to Kyle O'Reilly jumped Von Wagner uh, coming out of the ring uh, coming out for his entrance and they started fighting right away so I actually started timing at that point because that's when the match actually begun really but yeah, this was a, a basically a fifteen-minute cage match that Von Wagner kicked out of Kyle O'Reilly's finisher in, and then won clean with his own finisher. So Kyle O'Reilly put Von over as strongly as you possibly could put a man over on the way out. Yep, there was the you know
0: the low blow. It is legal in the steel cage. True, it is what it is, but. As you said, this is as clean as clean can be in modern-day wrestling. Which, you know, again, what better way to go out than to help someone, uh, put someone over. Now, talking about Von Wagner, he's not the best wrestler. He's far from it. In fact, he's had some pretty shitty performances. But, I think that if he focuses on the moveset that he used yesterday... He's going to be okay in WWE. Um, everything he did seemed to work. Everything he did looked okay. Um, and, you know, for a big man, he can he, he can run a little bit, right? He's not like uh, El Gigante, a giant Gonzalez, right? Like, he's not that type of stiff um, human, right? Like, so seeing him kind of doing some of the knee kicks and, and, and high kicks and stuff like that and running around is kind of good to see. And like you, like you said earlier, he's, he has the big men move set. So it kind of works. And he's not a Keith Lee, you know. So he's, he's more on the Jonah side of things, on the uh, Bronson Reed side of things. So I think in the grand scheme of things, he's going to be okay in this system.
1: Yeah, he's young, he's a uh, a heritage boy, you know what I mean? He's he's a legacy boy, his uh, father was a professional wrestler in this company uh, He's a legitimate athlete, college football player He checks all the boxes for WWE uh, Perhaps not good looks, but we're not here to talk about that
0: Exactly <laughs> Forehead uh, But yeah, no, honestly, like the match was okay for what it was uh, Kyle Riley, quote-unquote, did the right thing he went out with a loss. Uh, there was the little blow, and then Von Wagner did his uh, his suplex, slam, thingamajiggy. What do you, what, 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 would it, what would we call that?
1: I think yeah, you can call it a butterfly slam. It's not quite a butterfly driver. I think it's a something of a butterfly suplexy slam thing. Let's call it a butterfly slam until it gets a name. I think actually Wade Barrett might have called it lockdown, but that might have just been a steel cage related pun. So I I, I await further confirmation on uh, Von Wagner's finishing move name. But yeah, I thought this was. Far and away the best wrestling match on this television show, Boris. Uh, if you're a, uh, if you're only here for the pro wrestling and you don't really care about the nonsense that NXT 2.0 is putting out, if you only want to watch like, you know, a good wrestling match and then the Johnny Gargano promo at the end, I think this is. You can watch this NXT episode like that. Watch this cage match and then just fast forward right to ten o'clock, and you can basically skip the rest.
0: Exactly, unfortunately that's 100% the case with this episode um, Also, one thing I wanted to point out is the fans Or the crowd, the crowd is pretty hot And I and, and we talked about this a few weeks ago And you're really starting to notice that this is for sure affecting my enjoyment of the show um, I think now that, you know, because I think it's, it's essentially regulars who show up to NXT shows um, Now that, you know, we kind of know the characters a little more I think they're starting to react a little more, which in turn gives us a better product on TV, which is part of our pillars as we, you know, rate our matches.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. The friends and family of Izzy really bringing it on this show. I really enjoyed the the nextras, the NXT faithful. Uh yeah, they they are helping the product a lot, man. I can't argue that. That's a really, uh, it's a strong point. It's uh, it's one of the few things that are keeping this show going.
0: Yeah exactly Um, I think it's time to rate this match if we haven't already
1: Yes no I don't think we did Yeah we're going to go three and a half Cool guy Kyles uh, Boris it's a 70% extreme Canadian championship wrestling Title for Kyle O'Reilly In his final NXT match Probably
0: Yep um, yeah, so Wagner makes his exit as the referee checks on O'Reilly. Wagner then comes back, takes O'Reilly to the top turnbuckle Um. as the fans and the nectras are really starting to boo. Uh, Wagner uh, turns O'Reilly upside down from the turnbuckle and taunts him. Wagner then slams the cage door on O'Reilly's face while he's hung upside down. And again, the fans are going pretty, uh, you know, they're they're booing as much as they can. Officials are out trying to get Wagner to leave. He comes back over to the cage door once more time and smashes it on O'Reilly as the fans continue to yell, you still suck.
1: Yeah, so the uh, the hanging upside-down spot was pretty good, although I I actually really liked it. I thought that was very clever, although I do have to say that I was watching NXT with my roommate, who's a very casual wrestling fan. He kind of just watches when I do, and he was like, well, that's clearly fake. Like He's inside the door. It can't even hit him. So uh, <laughs> the casual fan may have noted that, but I thought it was pretty clever. You know, wrestling is fake after all, but... Uh, yeah, I, I really like this this angle at the end. They put Von Wagner over huge, big bad guy energy here. Yep,
0: exactly. You know, it's kinda of funny that the two defined heels out of this show are the people who took out the you know, the the legends of the black and gold, the Uncle H brand.
1: I, uh, that is funny that they're still like they're acknowledging that the crowd wants the black and gold in a way by doing that but it's it's clever it's smart because the fans are going to hate them so again lean into it
0: exactly Alright, so after this we see Johnny Gargano's emotional speech post-war games where he promises to explain everything on tonight's show. Uh, Vic says Gargano will address his NXT future later. Uh, so yeah, so the build-up, the suspense is for sure starting to build at that point. Uh, we see Broadbreaker walking backstage uh, as we uh, head to commercial. Uh, after that Joe Gacy is backstage somewhere with Harlan standing right behind him Casey says the outcome of the war games match with at uh, the nxt cruiserweight champion Roderick strong was not as important as their bigger vision because what they did is more important than the title he says they ended years of division broke down barriers and he's currently working on changing the name of a show that promotes such exclusivity apparently wwe 205 live he goes on about how harlan has dealt with discrimination and has been misjudged his whole life, but people don't consider the size of his heart. Gacy says he accepts Harlan and next week he will make his official in-ring debut and it's only a matter of time before everyone accepts Harlan also. Harlan places his hand on Gacy's shoulder and Gacy says, together we can change the world.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see about that. But um, I I think it's probably time to change the name of 205 Live because it's no longer cruiserweights who are wrestling on that. It's everyone. So if they're going to, I don't know, if Joe Gacy's gonna get storyline credit for changing that, that might be an interesting angle. That's fine. I actually really like this for one reason, Boris. They put spooky music behind this promo to indicate that this man is a heel, yes. which is like. It, it, they they put a fine point on it Which they've needed to do for a long time Although I will say If you put happy music behind this exact verbiage It would probably come off 100% different And actually if someone out there wants to whip that up Because I refuse to put in the time and effort on, it, on this Joe Gacy promo to do that But I think that'd be really funny Anyway
0: You can also put the Benny Hill music And get the same outcome <laughs>
1: Well, it makes anything look ridiculous. That's almost... That's true. It would be hilarious.
0: (laughs) All right. Out comes Braun Breaker with two Ks to a massive pop. Fans chant Breaker with two Ks. Uh, He takes the mic. Braun says two teams went to war at war games, and he can honestly say Team Black and Gold is tough as nails. They laid the foundation for today's NXT, and he has nothing but respect for them. Braun says he and NXT champion Tamacho... Tommaso Champa are 1-1, one and one, as Ciampa beat him at Halloween Havoc, and he beat Champa at War Games. Breaker issues a challenge for the title one more time. Now, here's something that I didn't see coming. Diamond Mine comes out. Malcolm Bivens, uh, Hatchiman, the Creed Brothers, and Ivy now, but no sign of Roderick Strong. Uh, thankfully, Malcolm Bivens has the mic. And he says before the Creed brothers come out to destroy Briggs and Jensen, he wanted to come out and congratulate Breaker. He says Braun is the real deal, but not on- not the only one who had a strong night at war games. He says strong has wiped the cruiserweight division clean, and now the weight limit has been lifted. So he's looking for more. Braun tells Bivens to get to the point where he throws his ass in the front row. Uh, Biven says the Creed uh, won't let that happen. Biven says Braun forgot to acknowledge how Strong gave Team Black and Gold in the the blueprint to laying the foundation uh, that he mentioned earlier. Biven says Strong now has his sights set on Breaker. Breaker asks where Strong is. He doesn't see him. Biven says don't worry about it because Strong will return next week and he will destroy Breaker. Bivens asks if Braun accepts the challenge. Braun accepts, and he says he doesn't care who he has to run through to get back to Champa. Braun drops the mic, steps through all of Diamond Mine, saying he will see them next week.
1: Yeah, I really thought uh, this was pretty good. I like Malcolm Bivins calling him LeBron. That was pre- that was pretty interesting. He is he is after all the phenom. He is the number one pick. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty fun calling, uh, calling Bron LeBron. I would like LeBron breaker or LeBron chance would be pretty fun. Um, it, you know, Braun Breaker, is, he's not uh, Shakespeare in in there with the microphone, but he gets his point across in a pretty good, entertaining way. He feels like a wrestler when he speaks. He's a Steiner. He has Steiner uh, vibes. So you, nothing wrong with this. And man, am I ever excited for Roderick Strong versus Braun Breaker. Roddy's been doing the giant killer gimmick, and he's going to run into a giant that he cannot kill.
0: Uh, exactly. That's exactly it. And I think that's going to be really cool. Um, do you think they're going to give the belt to Breaker?
1: I, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I guess Malcolm Bivens did say that the weight limit has been waived. But why would Braun Breaker want the cruiserweight title unless they are just actually retiring the cruiserweight title? Um, yeah, I don't see. I don't see Braun Breaker cruiserweight champion. I don't understand or want that gimmick.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I I don't want it. I don't they, he doesn't need it. There's only one belt that he absolutely needs at this point and that's the NXT championship, right? Like when that happens, who knows. Probably New Year's Evil. But yeah. um till then, he really doesn't need a belt. Uh you know, and and even if he faces Roderick Strong for the belt and says he doesn't need that belt, that kind of, you know, hurts the Cruiserweight title a little bit at that point as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I definitely like it almost kills it dead, and the cruiserweight titles, you know, it's been doing some good work. It, it was rehabbed slowly but surely, and uh, it would suck to kind of kill it because the cruiserweight title right now isn't that bad. Roderick Strong's been a good champion. Kashida had a good run before him. It's uh, it's in a solid place. So I, I would be kind of kind of devastated if they just killed it for no reason. Same here,
0: um, for once, you know. The well, you know, I think. Um uh, yeah, this is really the strongest the cruiserweight title it's been the past few months. Basically, since uh, uh, the, the the WrestleMania show, that that takeover, it's been in a very strong yeah. position. Um, so you
1: don't want to say it, Boris. You you're you're dancing around it. It's the strongest <laughs> it's been since Enzo.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. So uh, the next match was the Creed brothers versus Brooks jensen and josh briggs um before the match though uh we got a video package hyping the reveal of msk shaman uh the grizzled young veterans are actually on commentary for this team and you know they they added a little i don't know what to this match what did you think of this match well i think i know what you thought but let's just get to it
1: (laughs) uh so the i think they they Grizzled Young Veterans were fine on commentary. I liked them. I thought they were pretty entertaining and good. But I think this was too clever by half, Boris. I think they tried to do something, and it just didn't quite work. So the gimmick that they pulled here was that the Grizzled Young Veterans cut the tag rope off, and thus the babyfaces couldn't tag in to the match because the referee was like, where's the tag rope? Like, hold on to the tag rope. But, uh, yeah, of course the tag rope was not there. And uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't see that, you know what I mean? Shouldn't they be disqualified right away? Shouldn't the match be thrown out? Shouldn't the ref be smart enough to say, oh, well, the tag rope's not there. You can still tag into the match. I don't know either. If you actually think about it for five seconds, it was pretty dumb. But, it, you know, it uh, they, they pulled the old double swerve. It actually ended up with the baby faces coming out on top and the grizzled young veterans stumble over their own feet again and they don't quite pull off their wacky scheme.
0: Yeah, so... That's you. You said the magic uh, phrase there. If you think about this for more than five seconds, clearly, my friend, no one actually sat down and thought about this. And sometimes this is the logic that gets to me about wrestling. It's like you know they plan something, and it sounds good in your head, and when you tell someone that first time, and then they they're gonna go with it, right? But if you actually sit down and think think it logically, think of it as if this were a sports show does this make sense i think it's that latter question that they really need to ask themselves a little more and this is all of wrestling now like this isn't just this spot this happens so often in any promotion um and it just looks really stupid everyone looks really stupid grizzled young veterans looked really stupid um even jensen and briggs looked really stupid the ref looked really stupid and i felt really stupid watching this
1: (laughs) oh man i understand one million percent that uh yeah man i definitely think the grizzled young veterans uh, they're the thing is they were losing all the time anyway so it's not like they're worse off they at least have characters now but they weren't idiots when they were losing so i don't know man i don't i don't know if i like this grizzled young veteran thing no, anymore the that's promos exact- backstage are fun
0: though that's exactly it i the idea of the grizzled young veterans kind of being these uh Uh, These scammers is fantastic, but the fact that everyone keeps one upping them the fact that none of their scams work I think is more of a detriment to what little character they were given and because they were Jobbing out left right and center Now they now now it just looks dumb now. They just look stupid now They just don't fit in right like why am I supposed to care about any of their match? you know, they're really turning into the Finn Balor of NXT where You know, they they want to make these people sound good and they want to make them sound legit, but they're essentially
1: jobbers. Yeah, I mean, and they have now they have the ridiculous, goofy character on top of being jobbers, which is usually a death sentence. So we'll see how it works out, but I'm not... Ugh, I'm worried. I'm a little worried for the GYV. But yeah, if we had to put a rating on this match, I would say typical WWE fair. We're going to go two and a half. It's a Mendoza line. It's 50% NWA Canadian Junior Heavyweight Championship percentage on this one, Boris. Yeah.
0: Can we talk about the fact... That it was the Creed brothers that got the L in this match?
1: Uh yes, they've lost a lot recently, right? haven't they? Yes. At least they at least they pinned Brutus and not Julius, but Julius has been pinned before as well. So um yeah, I would like to take umbrage with that as well. The Creed brothers are better than Brooks and Jensen. They are Brooks and Briggs, they should have won this match uh clean in the middle of the ring with multiple finishers. Exactly. Like this
0: is ridiculous. Anyways, whatever, this is NXT, it's developmental, I gotta keep reminding myself that as I watch this show, it's developmental. It's developmental. It's developmental. Yes. Anyways, after the match, Grizzly Young veterans are disappointed. The Creed brothers are seething at them. Uh, Justin and Briggs make their exit while they're celebrating. After this, the hardest-working report in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with Vaughn Wagner. She mentions how they're waiting for a medical update on Kyle O'Reilly. Vaughn asks, what did we think would happen? Vaughn says War Games is over. Kyle is over. But his War Games have just begun. Vaughn walks off Robert Stone walks up But Mackenzie Mitchell sends it back To the Vic and
1: Wade Barrett I thought that was funny the One Robert Stone appearance on the evening But yeah Von Wagner said the line Kyle O'Reilly is over And he didn't mean like popular with the crowd He meant Kyle O'Reilly is never Showing up here again That's what he said I don't know if it's true But that, that might be more evidence That this is the end for uh, KOR yeah, so I love
0: that little appearance by uh, Robert Stone. Uh, uh, you know, honestly, I'm shocked that he's still a part of NXT, and, and <laughs> not not
1: not NXT WWE. Yeah, and not that he's bad, but just like they've cut a lot of people, and yeah, I just yeah, Robert Stone surviving the cuts, Boris. He's uh, hanging on. He's a uh, a Kenny Williams like cockroach. But in a good way,
0: (laughs) in a good way, in a good way, Um, unlike uh, Dana Brooke, who somehow still has a job, (laughs) who is a uh, cockroach, perhaps in a bad way. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, we are promised that we're going to be seeing the new Duke Hudson. Uh, We get back from commercial. Zion Quinn is backstage warming up. He sends a warning to Santos Escobar, moron. Uh, We go back to the ring comes Duke Hudson with a really bad looking blonde wig on. He's trying to pull his best Kurt Angle impression throughout this. Um, Duke says if the last 48 hours have taught him anything is that you should not believe everything you read on the Internet. He's seen articles saying Cameron Grimes shaved him bald at war games, but here he is with a head full of hair. He says maybe Grimes shaved a little bit off, but he fixed it, and now here he is. Hudson goes on ripping into War Games, or into Grimes, but the music interrupts, and out comes the man, Cameron Grimes, to a pretty large pop
1: grimes comes out man looking good looking handsome crowd behind him he's getting catchphrases over cuts yet another good promo why is this man in nxt i'm glad we get to watch him every week in a way i hope he never leaves but he should be the intercontinental champion he should be on raw every week saving that program
0: yeah 100 like he is just so good and he's like no matter what shit they give him he's able to honestly polish it off and turn it into something good.
1: Yeah, routinely he's become, and I remember at the very start of this podcast, I didn't really like Cameron Grimes. I didn't really get the character, but routinely he's become our single favorite thing on 2.0. Every week almost. We love us some Cameron Grimes, and it's because he's great. He's just a professional. He gives it his all and turns chicken shit to chicken salad on a weekly basis, like you said.
0: Yep, Exactly. Uh, Grimes says he knew Duke would come out and do this, but he didn't expect this. We all saw how Grimes shaved Hudson balled at war games, but here he is denying it. Grimes says Duke put him through a table, cut his hair and even embarrassed him. But Grimes came out and stood here face to face like a man. But that's because he can't change the way he is. But Duke can't handle losing. They have words, and Grimes offers to have a no-holds-barred match. Duke accepts the challenge. They start brawling, but Duke retreats to the floor. Grimes grabs the wig and tries to rip it off Hudson, but he gets away. Grimes stands tall in the ring as the fans are honestly cheering him to a huge
1: pop and reaction. To high heaven, Cameron Grimes, possibly the most popular man on this brand right now, Boris. Uh, Yeah, this was good, and we're getting no holds barred next week, homie. It's a a pretty good show next week on paper. On paper, yeah. Um, I think with
0: Gargano (laughs) at the very least taking a leave of absence, with Kyle O'Reilly most likely out of NXT, uh, I think Cameron Grimes is safely the
1: most over person in NXT now. It's here, Champa. I think, and like Braun Breaker might be third, but in but in terms of like legacy over with the fans, like they love this guy. I think it's Cameron Grimes, man. I think it's Cameron Grimes, number one.
0: Yeah. So Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen are backstage celebrating. <sighs> My God, <laughs> <laughs> like this pains me, man. Kashida and Nike Manjiro walk in, congratulate them. The Grizzled Young Veteran show up and take credit for Briggs and Jensen's win. They have words until Kate and Carter and Casey Zaro walk by, and they say a win is a win, and they have two extra contour tickets for whoever wants them. Briggs and Jensen uh, volunteer themselves to take them. They leave right behind Carter and Zaro. A brawl breaks out between Jacket Time and, grizz- and the Grizzled Young Veterans.
1: Yep, it sure did.
0: Now... As this brawl is happening, we see Karen Q's new character standing in the background named Wendy Chu. This is the same character seen laying on a couch last week during a segment with Indy Hartwell and Persia Prota. Wendy rises up behind a counter, apparently goes right back to sleep to end the segment.
1: wendy Lu chu who's no more than two just her gimmick is she's tired Yep. that's a new one boris
0: this is this is i'm gonna say my one f word of the episode so kitties
1: you know earmuffs this is fucking stupid <laughs> well you uh you put a point on it i feel bad for her man she's gotten a rough draw she has gotten like the the short end of the stick on two gimmicks here we'll see how this plays out because it's a little thing in the background you may have missed you a lot of people probably missed uh so you know they haven't really given her a full-out character yet but we're off to a rough start yet again with wendy Chu. this is ridiculous. wendy
0: ridiculous you know what worries me the most is the fact that she's and i I hope this is a one off, and I hope I'm reading into this too much, and it just scares me that she showed up right after jacket time because I swear to God if she ends up like partnering with them in any shape way or form uh, i'm 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 gonna I'm gonna lose my
1: shit, <laughs> oh man, you might be on to something though like they were in the same segment they were in the same segment here, buddy, yeah, let's hope not, let's hope not.
0: All right, then we are back in the ring. Out comes NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams for this non-title match. Uh, we see how they recently injured Dexter Loomis. Hayes and Trick um, are in the ring as we head to commercial now, back from the break, and this is where we're planting the seeds for the end of the night. Uh, Grayson Waller is backstage talking with indie star Tasha Price, asking what she's doing later. Price says she already has something going on, but Waller asks, what could be more important? She's already hanging out with someone, apparently, my friend. Waller says he was in the War Games main event, so couldn't she put this other person back? Waller asks, who could it be? Be like a moron," uh, she then points to La Knight, who is leaning against his red sports car. Knight taunts Waller while opening the pantry side door for Price. Knight drives off with, um, uh, with Price as Waller is pretty pissed off and apparently has something up his sleeve for payback later tonight.
1: So two two things about this one. They hit him with the old uh, Goodwill hunting. How do you like them apples yes. jokes? Yes. Yeah, uh, LA Knight said, hey, you're all about likes and views. How do you like this view? Which was pretty bad. Not the best line I've ever heard. But you know what? Good effort. Good effort for the Goodwill hunting joke. Secondly, I, I just once I want to see a, a wrestler go... How did you know it wasn't me? I'm six feet beside you. Like what? <laughs> Grace Waller's like? Who could you possibly be dating? And then it pans six feet to his right with La Knight. I want him to just be leaning against his car, like, well, obviously it's me like who did you think it was you know what i mean like just watch i want to see a wrestler react like that
0: but again this goes back to what i said earlier like on paper as a as a presentation type of thing it works right but when you think about this logically it's so stupid what are we watching weekly my friend what what, what, what do we we put ourselves through (laughs)
1: that's 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 true man it's hilarious but there's like good cheesy and bad cheesy right this was good cheesy i think cutting the tag rope off and thus nobody can make a tag anymore for the rest of the match is bad lazy cheesy this was this was just pro wrestling fun you know i kind of like this promo yep all right so back to
0: the ring dexter loomis is back from his hiatus uh and it is time for carmelo hayes versus dexter loomis uh trick williams was apparently originally supposed to be in this match but he had a cut and he had a uh uh, sight issues so carmelo hayes got the call up
1: interesting i didn't uh i didn't realize that but yeah dexter versus carmelo hayes Another typical WWE match. Mello tried, but man, it was, what was it, 12, 13 minutes with a just a lame DQ. This they, For some reason, they didn't want to beat Dexter Loomis, which is surprising to me. Mello could have easily gotten a clean win over Dexter. It would have been important. It would have helped him. They still don't wanna fucking. They still don't wanna beat Dexter Loomis. I think I just snuck my oldly F word in there for some reason. They don't wanna beat this Dexter Loomis. Still. I don't know, man. I don't get it. Carmelo should have won this match. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. Nah. Big big old pile of meh to me. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what I thought of this match. But a couple things that did stand out for me, and that's Carmelo Hayes. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job of selling the rib injury. At one point, he did a springboard into a clothesline um where he kind of turned mid-air and clothesline dexter Loomis and he did it all with one hand with the other arm kind of selling the ribs the entire time so that was pretty cool good to see like we say you know um these rookies learning how to sell right uh so that was that was something that I for sure caught and you know I gotta say all things considered Carmelo Hayes man he he's he's he knows what he's doing in there now
1: Oh, Melo's a great wrestler. He really is. He's very, very good. They're lucky to have him. I can understand why they're pushing him hard. He yeah. seems like a hard worker, and he's working against a, a variety of opponents and having halfway decent matches in this case. But uh, great matches with the, the Pete Dunns and the Johnny Garganos. So, yeah. yeah, Mello is definitely figuring it out. Yeah,
0: exactly. So again, there's a very lame DQ. Dexter Loomis ends up winning Uh, after the match. Loomis grabs Trick from the ring and applies the silence as the referee tries to separate them. Hayes makes the save and decks Loomis to get Trick free. Loomis is in the ring as his music hits. Uh, Trick and Hayes are looking from the entranceway.
1: Yeah so yeah whatever we're gonna this feud must continue for some reason who knows why but yeah so it was a average wwe match in my opinion no Mello worked pretty hard that's pretty honestly average is pretty good for dexter loomis we're gonna go two and a half cool guy kyle's out of five it's a 50 percent iwgp junior heavyweight tag team championship percentage bars
0: yep I, i think that's a very fair rating all right after this Vic. Joseph says that Johnny Gargano is being given all of the time he wants tonight, and he will speak from the heart. All right, we go to the reveal of the shaman for MSK, and it's none other than the person who I predicted from day
1: one, and that's Matt Riddle. Yes, to quote our our shaman, Tony Kornheiser, I believe you had that. (laughs) Boris, I believe you had that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, you know what? I've been hating these MSK promos. I've been saying they're terrible and among the worst things on this show. The only thing worse is jacket time. And uh, I got to give credit where it's due. I got to be fair. This was good. This was entertaining. I didn't hate them. I liked Matt Riddle's performance. I liked both of MSK's performance and uh yeah man i thought this was very entertaining and this was the first msk uh sit down promo the first backstage whatever the first time that they've ever spoken on the microphone and it made me like them more and not less literally the first time since they've been in nxt exactly we've we've
0: we've talked about this every single time they've gone on the mic and they're just not good they're annoying uh you know they're they they're just um they're just annoying. They're they're damn rascals. It, some would say. But this week, yeah, it, you know, it didn't. I didn't hate it. Um, so uh, yeah. So riddle says he's been waiting for them to knock on his door forever as he watches NXT each and every week. Uh, Nash, Carter, and Wesley are excited. Riddle puts on his shaman hat and they take a seat around some candles. Riddle asks what's on their mind. They talk about thinking uh, they'd be at the bottom of the totem pole when they came to NXT, but then they had all this success and so much so fast, and now they're worried if they've peaked. What happens when you accomplish your goal so fast? Is this it for them? Riddle gives some words of encouragement and they wonder if NXT Tag Team Champions Imperium have their numbers. Uh, Do they need to change? Riddle goes on with the words of encouragement and says they need to be MSK all day and all night. They will climb to the top of the mountain again together and Riddle will be there every step of the way. They're surprised and asks if Riddle is leaving them and he says no. Uh, Riddle asks, what's in the bag you brought, bros? Uh, sharing is caring, Riddle says. The bag is open, Riddle is impressed with what they have, and it's time that they all bro out.
1: Yeah, so I guess they have some sick cush. I, I think we are, we as the viewer, are to believe that uh, the bag is full of weed or some kind of drug, anyway. Boris, they seem like the weed team officially. Um, yeah, well, if if not before, they are certainly the weed team officially now with Matt Riddle involved. But uh, yeah, I actually, like I said, I, I wouldn't even say MSK is bad, but I think you kind of hit it on the head. Otherwise, they're bad baby faces. They're just kind of heels. Although this was the first time, like I said, that I didn't hate them after the promo. So thumbs up. Got to give credit where it's due. Good exactly. MSK promo this week.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the very least we can ask for. Good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Okay, we'll, we'll give them good this week. All right, we're back to the announcers, and they're interrupted by the NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose in the back. Uh, She tells Vic to shut up and is joined by NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, uh, GG, Dolan and JC Jane They're walking backstage Rose says Dolan and Jane have some business to take care of Like real women Not these girls in NXT With hand-me-downs and skateboards Love that line uh, Rose tells Vic to stop drooling And toxic attraction keeps walking As we head to commercial um, Yeah So that was a thing
1: yeah, Mandy Rose is basically heel sable. This is for the uh, women who want to be me and the men who come to see me. Yep. Uh, that's her entire gimmick wrapped up in a catchphrase from 1999. But uh, she's doing she's doing okay with it. I don't. I, I, I like sassy heel champion Mandy. It's a far cry from like when Charlotte was the champion or Sasha Banks or Bayley or you know Oscar or Io Shirai. But it's okay. It's all right, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> oh this
0: is uh, You know I, I uh, People laughed People have sent me messages Someone even posted on my Facebook post um, Like on my personal page uh, That they laughed at how we say We've lowered the bar when we watch NXT And the fact that you just named some of them <laughs> Like you know some, some mainstays In WWE TV for females And then we're like Well here we are with Mandy
1: Rose now but again you gotta give credit where it's due and there's nothing wrong with that little two minute promo she's doing a good job in her given role but boy oh boy the bar has been lowered deep beneath the earth Boris.
0: (laughs) yeah all right persia perota and indy hartwell are backstage persia asks if indy uh knew if, if dexter loomis would be at war games Uh, Indy says she didn't But she's glad to see he's back Persia's also glad because now Indy can focus And get back on track And they can do what they wanted to do Since they came from Australia As a tag team Persia talks about finally getting here from Australia After the world opened back up But as soon as she, she got here Everything was all about the wedding And the engagement And Dexter Loomis Persia needs Indy's focus at 100%, focused on their team, focused on winning, and focused on winning the NXT Women's Tag Team titles, and to do that, she needs to leave the love at home. Indy says she's committed to Loomis, but she's also committed to this team. Dexter walks up, Indy jumps in his arms, Um, Johnny Gargano also walks in and says he's happy to see the family back together, and Persia is not too happy about this at all
1: yeah so this was the first really big like hint that we're gonna get a heel turn we're gonna get it soon and it's gonna be persia turning heel on indy that's definitely the direction we have uh started heading in we're down that path officially i uh i I like johnny gargano coming out he got the big big pop when he showed up on camera you know that was fun I didn't think we were going to see too much of Johnny before the actual uh, promo. I thought they were going to save it. But it was actually nice to get that little tease and the, the last little bit of way continuity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, back to the ring.
0: And uh, Valentina Ferroz and Ulisa Leon are waiting for this non-title match. Out comes Toxic Attraction. Um and yeah, it's time for a non-title match. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Valentina Ferroz and Ulisa Leone. This match. <laughs> uh
1: I want to shout out uh Chris Aiken at Lariat Rope on Twitter, I believe. Uh he does the NXT reviews for uh for Wrestling Observer website. And I often, though I have my own notes, I often like to load up uh, someone else's notes as well to just kind of get an opposing perspective and see if I missed anything or whatever, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so I just thought it's really, really funny because the first thing he said was, this match went much too long and this match went like three and a half minutes yeah like, so if if you thought this match went way too long that kind of tells you everything you need to know about this match It was a squash match but I think it was pretty low uh, on the squash scale it was a below average superstars match uh I think Valentina and Ulisa are better than Gigi and JC I want to see them get a push
0: yeah I yeah yeah I, I don't know I don't know um thing is I've seen Gigi Dolan Priscilla Kelly have some good matches in the indie scene i don't know what it is about nxt whether it's the system whether it's the tag team partner whether it's her opponents she's just really she's she's just not clicking she's just not clicking right now
1: i i don't know exactly what it is i can't quite put my finger on it but i can't argue your point at all one million percent agrees i don't know Yeah, she's just she's missing something. She's missing something at this moment.
0: Yeah, she's missing something. I don't know what it is, and and you can even tell. And we talked about this about her promos, right? She's almost she sounds nervous when she's delivering lines. I don't know what it is, but you know what? She's got people backing her. She's the tag team champ. She's on TV every week. She's featured. Uh, You know, she's. She's doing what she's doing. So, you know, power to her. All right. So Toxic Attraction wins after a super kick to Feroz. Um... After the match, Mandy Rose enters the ring, takes the mic, she says this is how it's done, and here they stand, uh, even after War Games, as the baddest bitches in town, still with all the gold. Rose knows everyone wants wants a shot at them, everyone is talking about them, and honestly, she can't blame them, because when you're this damn good, it's expected. Rose says they are not running from anyone, so if there's anyone who wants the opportunity, please bring it on. Whether it's little Cora Jade or Io Shirai or Raquel Gonzalez, Toxic Attraction will be waiting as they are still the attraction. Alright, some music hits and it's Cora Jade with her shoulder in a sling. Oh, that must feel so good. Uh, Cora Jade thanks Mandy Rose for talking about her again. Jade reminds Rose how she beat her two weeks ago. Rose says she got lucky. Jade also points at the War Games win and figured she'd come out and see if Rose wants to finish this face to face. Jade is on the apron at this point. Rose says Jade is not the one, but if she wants to be embarrassed, she can get her little ass in the ring right now and they can settle it. Uh, some more music interrupts and this time it's raquel Gonzalez with a steel chair Gonzalez and Jade um are alone in the ring as after toxic attraction retreat to fans and they're cheering which again you know like it was noticeable audibly loud uh which uh, again made this a little little thing a little more enjoyable for me
1: yeah I, yeah definitely the crowd being a part of the show helps wrestling so much and it's helping nxt it's it's really like keeping this thing alive almost single-handedly in some cases yeah and this is this was uh possibly an example of that yeah exactly all right we see a
0: new vignette or actually before we do this you need to rate the match
1: Yes, yes, we're going to go, you know, slightly above our, sorry, slightly below average squash match, decent enough effort. I Like I said, I was more impressed with Valentina and Ulisa than I was with GG and JC. All things considered, we're going to go two cool guy Kyles out of five for that one. It's a 40%, slight fail, but decent effort. Ring of Honor, World Championship percentage, bar. Yep, again, I
0: agree with you 100%, like this match was not good. I can't believe that it was only three and a half minutes. This is actually the first time I'm hearing. That. I didn't see or read your your notes. Um, holy shit. It felt so much longer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have them. Uh, I don't have the times in front of me right now because I just do the times on my phone and then post them on Facebook. And I deleted the note for some reason. But I believe it was 331 or something like that. It was in the three minute range for sure. Man, that's crazy. All right. We get a new
0: vignette with Tiffany Stratton. And Matt, we have a new nickname for her, which I will give you
1: full credit. (laughs) thank you so she's doing the exact same uh character as zaya brookside so officially tiffany stratton is now zaya stateside here on nxt talk and zaya stateside is uh officially a gymnast she was a high level gymnast but she uh asked her daddy to pave the way to pay the money for her to get into nxt so she's a spoiled gymnast from team usa i suppose
0: yeah exactly uh I don't know what else to say. This whole daddy thing just creeps me out on so many freaking levels.
1: <laughs> just considering who's writing the show too and how few female voices are probably in that room, yeah, it's pretty creepy. Pretty damn creepy.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's uh it's so creepy. Sometimes I just I I just really really don't freaking get it. Uh but at this point, it is what it is. Uh, Alright, so the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is backstage with Tony D'Angelo. A-O-A-O, gaba Ghoul gaba-cruel. Um, she asks him about War Games and Pete Dunne. He told us the money was on Team 2.0, and he was right. He says things might be personal between he and Dunne, but he got a little piece of memorabilia when uh, from Dunne during War Games. His mouthpiece. Andre Chase walks up, clapping. He congratulates D'Angelo, but says if he would have listened to his plan before WarGames, then D'Angelo would have come out of WarGames as a star, not Grayson Waller. D'Angelo threatens Chase and tells him to meet him in the ring next week. D'Angelo walks off to deal with some appointments while Chase is running his mouth, but they cut the segment on him mid-promo.
1: I thought that was funny, cutting Andre Chase off at the start of his uh, whole Andre Chase University uh, diatribe. Tony D'Angelo makes me laugh every week. I love his Petey Poppins nickname. The fact that he stole Pete Dunne's mouth guard or he has it as a keepsake is going to lead into future matches between those two, I'm sure. And Pete Dunne has a lot of irons in the fire. He has a future match against Carmelo for that title, I'm sure he's entitled to, because he beat Mello. And uh, now he's got this Tony D'Angelo beef. So if he doesn't end up uh, at the bottom of the river with uh, cement shoes, he might be seeing a lot more Pete Dunne on this here show in the coming weeks.
0: <laughs> and by that, you mean released.
1: <laughs> yes, by that I mean on AEW Dark. <laughs>
0: Exactly! Oh my God! All right, so it was the main event match of the night. Uh, we got back to the ring. Out comes Legado del Fantasma Santos, Legado del Fantasma Santos Escobar with Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wild, and Raul Mendoza. Um, Back from the break, Cora Jade is backstage with Raquel Gonzalez, thanking her for making the save earlier in the ring with toxic attraction. Jade said things have been crazy around here, and if she gets a title shot, she could become the next NXT Women's Champion. Gonzalez tells her to slow down, because if anyone deserves to face Mandy Rose next, it's her. Jade says, but she's never been champion, and it would be crazy if she won. Just imagine. Gonzalez laughs and tells her they've had a rough night. It's time to relax. Kaylee Ray walks up with her baseball bat, uh, putting on her best sting impression. She hands the bat to Jade, uh, says Jade might need it more than her after war games trust her jade says okay but what will ray use ray says she has plenty to use don't worry klr then walks off uh we go back to the ring out comes zion quinn santos escobar and quinn are staring each other down as the match starts but let's talk about this promo what did you think of this promo matt
1: uh, I, I didn't think too much of it. Cora Jade's okay. You know, I, she's, she, it's good that she's getting more microphone time because she needs to work on that as well. But, uh, I, I believe her character as like, you know, Gen Z skateboard chick kind of it's working. I think it's working. I like that Kaylee Ray gave her a baseball bat cause it's probably a more effective weapon than a skateboard. And, uh, yeah, it was fine. I, I I do wonder what Kaylee Ray's character is where she's gonna fit into NXt if she's gonna be here very long but yeah I like what they're doing with Cora a lot. I'm yeah. a Cora Jade fan despite your uh, constant negativity
0: I, it's, it's it's just reality my friend. All right so uh <laughs> Santos Escobar versus Zion Quinn um I like this match. Absolutely shocked at the result, to be 100% honest, but I'm assuming this isn't the end of the line, so why not give the win to Santos Escobar and the heel?
1: Yeah, exactly. If they're going to keep the feud going, the heels got to win once or twice. So I like this a lot. I was uh, very shocked at the winner, like you said. Like, I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be a strong, almost squashy match. I didn't see this being the main event of the show either, which, I mean, theoretically it was. I guess, like, in reality, the main event was Johnny Gargano's promo. But this was the final match. This was the main event of this episode. Zion Quinn's first main event, and he loses... To Santos Escobar. You couldn't call it clean, and we should talk about the uh, the Electro Lopez angle thing that happened at the end.
0: All right, so. uh, Electro Lopez puts brass knuckles on Quinn's hand. Quinn realizes this and has words with the referee. Quinn knocks Wild off the apron with the brass knuckles. Quinn turns around to a stiff strike from Escobar, then the phantom driver in the middle of the ring, and that's how Santos Escobar won. After the match, Escobar is celebrating with Electro Lopez. However, Escobar looks at Lopez, raises her arm, and she nods at him. So there was a little bit
1: of a like uh you know, you are on our side, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know exactly what we're supposed to believe. Maybe we're supposed to believe that Electra Lopez was playing both sides of the fence and she was just gonna go with whoever won. Sonny style, like Sunny in nineteen ninety six. Yeah um, but uh, yeah no i don't know i this was uh, again this might have been too clever by half like not as bad as the uh as the tag rope thing but i don't know if they quite got across exactly what they were wanting to i guess the whole thing is we're supposed to be wondering what side electro lopez is on but i don't think i don't know i don't think i care too <laughs> much i, I love care. legato but yeah i really don't care to
0: be 100 percent honest uh you know i don't know if this is a swerve if this is actually they're gonna you know flip lopez to quinn it doesn't matter like and and that's the sad part right like i just don't care enough for this angle and this is coming from like you know the biggest uh legado fan supporter that you can find so we'll see i don't Definitely. know it's yeah yeah that's all i can say Um, All right, so Diamond Mine is in the parking lot with a cameraman, uh, TMZ Styles. Malcolm Bivens talks about how NXT Cruiserweight Champion Roddy Strong will defeat Braun Breaker with two Ks next week. NXT North American Champion Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams show up. Hayes says if you are talking about champions, you have to talk about him. Bivens mentions the weight limit being scrapped and says Strong has beaten Odyssey Jones and Joe Gacy and will beat Breaker with two Ks next week. Hayes says he knows all about Strong, but Strong is not the A-champion of NXT. Hayes and Trick walk off after taking after talking some more trash. Bivens wonders why everyone is so damn disrespectful around here.
1: So maybe Braun Breaker beats Roddy and then Roddy and Mello have like a unification match and that's how they get rid of the Cruiserweight title. And maybe it's a ladder match. It doesn't have to be. But Melo beats Roddy and quietly retires the Cruiserweight title.
0: I have a feeling that's what's going to happen, to be honest. Uh, I don't see any other way out of this. There's no other reason why they would put, hey, you know, champion and champion together unless they plan on retiring one of the belts or creating a new belt or whatever they plan to do
1: yeah i yeah i definitely just don't see the logic of doing it unless you're right unless they're gonna unify these titles or get rid of one or whatever so i think that's and just historically in wwe we've seen that happen we've seen the intercontinental title go the european title go the hardcore title go uh all in one stretch in 2002 actually yeah it was like uh,
0: boom 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 right it's crazy how fast all that happened and here we are here we go again um, Alright, so Candace LeRae and her dog Are backstage, Johnny Gargano walks up Kisses her, walks off, we go back To commercial, um, back from The break, we see Boa backstage Sitting somewhere on his throne, he addresses Edris Enofi, and says, you don't understand the fire you've ignited. He goes on and says, impending doom awaits Enofi, and as quickly as Enofi came into NXT, he will take Enofi out of it. A mist blows over, and Boa is now sitting there in his face paint. He says, next week, and that ends this segment.
1: So I got to tell you, I'm a little less excited for Boa versus Edris than I am for Roderick Strong versus Braun or Duke versus Cameron. Uh, no holds barred. But whatever, they're telling you what's going to be on the show next week. They're building future matches. Nothing wrong with that, Boris. And that's the thing, right? Like, you know, we're trying
0: to find the silver lining in all of this. And at the very least, they're building stories. They're building future matches they're going week to week and it's just not just some random uh you know hodgepodge of stuff at this point there, there's some logic whether that logic is good or bad i don't know typically no <laughs> but there is some good stuff right like but uh you know with with every episode of nxt there's you're gonna get the good and the bad unfortunately boa is usually on the bad side
1: yeah no fault of his own it's just the character is terrible but yes i agree it it, they at least they're doing this much though it's the bare minimum and at least they're doing it so i'm glad about that now you you, you spoke about the (laughs) i love how we're celebrating and saying well they're doing the bare minimum good on you wwe (laughs) Thumbs up again. The bar is is like deep, deep underground. It's really, really low right now. Uh, but you were just talking about the bad and the good of NXT, and coming up next was the good of NXT. Boris, I'm gonna actually put my microphone on mute. I'm gonna go refill my water and let you pontificate because I know you took a shitload of notes. I'll see you in 35 seconds, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love it. All right, so back in the ring, out comes Johnny Gargano. The fans are chanting Johnny Wrestling, we cheer, and they're cheering him on gargano takes the mic and jokes about the usa network and how he was told he has as much time as he wants fans are popping gargano says he loves the fans too everyone is chanting please don't go gargano says this won't be his most eloquent promo uh he talks about how he is one regret he has one regret from the past six years and that is he didn't enjoy everything more because he was always worried if this match or promo was good enough He goes on about how the fans deserve the best. He recalls his first WWE tryout and how he was told he'd never be in NXT. He recalls how William Regal brought him back to full sail for a dark match uh, to face Apollo Crews, and due to the fans chanting for him each week, they kept bringing him back. Gargano says this is all because of the fans. They chant Johnny Wrestling yet again. He goes on about how fans helped him live his dream from championships to video games, and he cannot thank them enough. He says he's still the shy, chubby eight-year-old wrestling fan, and he's doubted himself his whole entire life, including right now. But the only place he's felt confident and sure of himself is in the ring in front of fans. Gargano says he was asked for years why he's been in NXT for so long, and that's because he truly loves the place and believes in it. Uh, We love you, Chance Breakout he then goes on about the nxt family naming triple h Shawn michaels steve carino matt bloom uh, sarah amato jeremy borash and many many more he says this is family and it will never change and he knows change is scary but sometimes it needs to happen fans now are chanting no gargano says the one message he wants to leave with the fans is that you will never fail if you bet on yourself gargano says he's not sure what his immediate future holds it's up in the air still. And he may do some things here and there, but he knows one thing for sure in February, he starts the most important job of his life and that is becoming a dad. He goes on about uh, talking about the most, how this is the most important thing for him right now. um, And that's to worry about Candace LeRae, his son and to show his son. And this is when Grayson Waller attacks him from behind lays gargano out with a steel chair waller is standing over gargano talking trash sends him out of the out of the ring and holy crap matt fans were chanting asshole the entire time at this point uh waller follows and talks more trash wrapping the chair around gargano's neck uh, spiking him into the steel ring steps uh waller clears the announce table puts gargano through it with a big power bomb uh, Waller tells the camera, if you want views, come to Grayson Waller, this is his uh, Waller kneels down to Gargano, talks more trash as the booze are getting louder and louder Fans are chanting, piece of shit uh, Now he's over, standing over Gargano with this freaking grin uh, And that is how the show ends
1: Big heel heat for Grayson Waller, man. He actually got like this was a good angle to end the show. It was very, very heated. I uh, the Johnny Gargano promo was amazing. Um actually it was a bit brief. It, only, it went between five and ten minutes, closer to like five than ten. Yeah. I, I think it was like six or seven minutes. It started right at ten o'clock uh p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Boris. And it, it the overrun was not long on this show. But boy, yeah, Grayson Waller is now the biggest heel in NXT. What a humongous push. And I really loved that they zoomed in really close on Gargano's face. And then you heard the crowd. Oh, they were gasping and you knew that someone was in the ring. Yeah. And I really thought it was going to be Tommaso Ciampa. I thought it was going to be Ciampa and he was just going to, just going to get that last. But I, I'm glad that they put it on a young guy instead. You might as well not give Ciampa that carrot. You might as well give it to a guy you're building up. Yeah. And they love Grayson Waller. They think they have something with his character and he is firmly in A bad guy, the biggest heel in NXT after this one.
0: Right. Now, I think there was a lot of truth to this promo. I think and I honestly believe that this leaves the door open for one of two outcomes. This is a perfect way for Gargano to just go into the night and do whatever he does this is also a great way to set up him taking a leave of absence and eventually coming back. I truly do believe that he doesn't know what his future holds just yet. And he will focus on being a dad come February. I really do think that is the current plan for Johnny wrestling right now. Um, And like I said, I think, you know, this angle can go one of two ways. Uh, It can firmly put Waller as a super mega heel that took out Johnny Gargano, or this could put, you know set up a future match,
1: yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see them do it at New Year's Evil if if Gargano gets one more you know one more run, one more paycheck. But man, I don't know this is like you said it's a perfect way to write a character out like Johnny Gargano said goodbye from the bottom of his heart and then put a man over on the way out the door. like this is how it's meant to be done in pro wrestling. This is the absolute perfect, best-case scenario for leaving, in my opinion. So, I, I, I hope Johnny Gargano follows his heart and does whatever is right for him and his family, but the you you can't go out on more of a high note than this. I almost hope this is the end in a way, you know? I yeah. want to see him in NXT selfishly because we cover this show. I want him on this brand, but you know, if he's only gonna, if he's just gonna be sitting here losing to Grayson Waller anyway, go, go to AEW, go to New Japan, go wherever. Here's the thing. Man,
0: it, 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 it's almost scary how over Johnny Gargano is. Uh, I don't know if this is just a byproduct of us paying so much attention to NXT, but he's for sure loved in NXT. But, you know, going on the internet, man, there was just so much talk about this guy. There was just, you know, so much hype around what his decision is going to be. And then he delivers this promo. Um, you know, it really, like, you have a nat- such a natural face such a natural superstar. And dare I say, I haven't seen him this much emotion and love for a guy since Brian Daniel.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Daniel, Brian, Brian Danielson, man, I 100% agree. And they, it, it just sucks that they're refusing to see that and letting these guys go. Adam Cole was another one. Instantly a humongous star in AEW. They just don't see it because they don't fit these two particular guys don't fit their cookie-cutter mold that they have just decided – or not just decided, but – you know, once again decided that they have to adhere to. Like, Vince McMahon always has his biases, right? But they've pushed Rey Mysterio. They've pushed Eddie Guerrero. They've pushed, dare I say, Chris Benoit. they pushed Bret Hart. they pushed Shawn Michaels. Adam Cole is smaller than those guys. Johnny Gargano is even smaller than Adam Cole. But that's the new era. It's the new style of guy. It's the same thing. They're just a little smaller. And I don't know. It just, yeah, it's absolutely absurd. But I do think... Uh, WWE's loss will be the gain of the wrestling world uh, it will be the gain of New Japan, it will be the gain of AEW, I think he's leaving, you seem to think he's staying, I think I don't he's leaving
0: know. I, I, I'm i still convinced he's gonna stay, and again, like this is just like my gut feeling, personally, I want him to leave, I think that he would be a huge star anywhere but I truly do believe that he is staying, and I truly do believe that he hasn't made a full on decision just yet
1: That's fair. I think that's, yeah, I don't think he's signed anywhere. I probably couldn't legally sign anywhere anyway, but I believe that he probably hasn't 100% committed in his mind. I don't think he's made his mind up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, So that's NXT. Matt, what did you think of the show overall before we move on to NXT UK?
1: Weak on the wrestling side, but uh, the opening match was good. Oh, I'm not sure if we actually put a pin on that final match, which I would rate uh, three Boris uh, Cool Guy Kyles out of five. It's a 60% pro wrestling gorilla percentage, that final match, the uh, Santos versus Zion Quinn. Anyway, uh, yeah, so average to below average in the ring across the board. But, uh, you know, pretty... uh, Pretty solid show promo-wise. Even MSK delivered on the microphone. So I I actually enjoyed this uh, program. I enjoyed this episode.
0: I love that. Even MSK delivered. With that said, let's take a trip across to the the other side of the pond. (music) All right. It's time for NXT uk corner where we quickly chat about nxt uk and what we typically call the best hour of wwe tv each and every week uh this week was a very or last week was a very interesting episode um i'm not sure I, even even now and i watched this episode on thursday and i'm still not sure whether i liked it or didn't like it
1: Oh, I actually, I really liked it, but I just felt so bad about the main event. I felt like this was uh, this was just a, a you know a storyline driven episode. The wrestling wasn't very strong, but they were saving it for the main event, and it was getting really good. And then an injury. Uh, unfortunately, ended it right where we stopped it dead in its tracks, really, like right as it was even picking up more and more. Yeah, so I did enjoy this episode. I think there's one huge storyline, uh, it, for us anyway, one huge storyline advancement that I can't wait to talk about. But I like that, I probably liked it much more than you Yeah, I'm not it I seems I didn't like you're a little like down it. on this
0: one. No, no, I'm just saying I didn't like it. It's just you know, the the, the, the main event really took a lot out of me, it kind of said, oh, yeah. oh, oh. Well, that kind of sucks. Anyways, we'll get there yeah. soon. Uh the first match of the night was for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Michael Satamura, your champion with Emilia McKenzie versus Zaya Brookside.
1: Yeah, it went seven minutes and fifty six seconds. And uh yeah, it was it was solid, man. I really enjoyed it. I oh man, Miko Satamura Miko Should be a hall of famer in anyone's book, in my opinion. She's a legend. She's what is she like over 40 44 45 now, still having these awesome matches with these young guns. She is, uh, she is the NXT UK version of Tommaso Ciampa in in many ways. She's that, that old dog, the champion, who's still like arguably the best in ring worker in the entire brand.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, so uh, Mako Satomura won uh, She did the Scorpio Rising And that's how she ended up winning Overall this match was, you know, it was pretty good I like this, you know, it's, it's short, simple, to the point It went as long as it should have I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I like Zaya Brookside a lot She basically got squashed She had a little, little bit of shine in this match But largely, largely she was a uh, crash rem- test dummy Remember though She only got this title shot
0: because she went to daddy.
1: Exactly, and that's kind of the story they should have told. She like cheesed her way. She, uh, you know, she used her influence and power to get into this match and got crushed because she wasn't ready for it. And I like that story that they told. I also like in her entrance, she's getting booze and kind of rolling her eyes at the crowd, kind of being like, "Why, why do you hate me? I'm awesome, you know." Yeah. I'm liking this Zaya Brookside character. She's uh, she's pulling it off. I love the Scorpion Rising finisher too. It's like an elevated, it's a, a elevated axe kick. You think it's like the setup for the. Shining Wizard, but out of the step up of the knee onto the opponent, she delivers an axe kick. If you've never seen her do that move, it's really, really dope. Uh, the Scorpion Rising, throw it yeah. into YouTube. It looks cool. Um, how would you
0: rate, how many crumpets, how many supernovas would you give this match?
1: Going three and a half supernovas on this one, Boris. 70% uh, no Dar percentage. It was it achieved exactly what it needed to. I like the story. It's a treat to see Miko Sadamura in the ring. Loved it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Then we get a very
0: well-produced, well-shot vignette. We see Charlie Dempsey's official initiation into Teoman's family. Dempsey speaks with Rohan Raja and says the reason he wants to join is so he can expand his legacy. Raja welcomes him with a nice firm handshake. And man, these guys were dressed sharp.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sharp-dressed men. And I think the name is officially Di Familia, with the G in the middle, like Italian, like Di Familia, like the the Mafia. I think it's officially been named, not just the family. I think it is Di Familia. They now have a stable name, this group, of Rohan, Charlie Dempsey, and Teoman. I thought this was really well done, man. This was like, if this was on Raw, this would have been the best vignette I'd seen on Raw in months, you know what I mean? Like, this was actually really well done and, and of intriguing they're not they're not james gandolfini in terms of acting but they, they 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 did well you know they it wasn't uh it wasn't so cheesy that you laughed at it pro wrestling acting it was actually kind of good
0: yeah it was and like i think what really helped it was just the overall production of it i think it was i think it was shot really well and it looked good like it looked really professional and i think that that really yes. helped the overall presentation like you said while they're not you know shakespearean actors they, yes, exactly. They what yeah, they needed
1: to. The professional look and feel definitely made it kind of made them seem probably better than they are in the yeah. in terms of the acting.
0: All right. So in the back, um, uh, Miko Setamora announces that she's going to be gone NX from NXT UK for a few weeks. She's as she's heading back to Japan. Oof. Hopefully, she can get back. Uh, Blair Davenport catches her and Amelia McKenzie during their interview. Uh, Davenport asks McKenzie how she's going to hold up once Santa Mora leaves. McKenzie isn't buying into Davenport's mind games. In fact, she agrees to a match with Davenport next week.
1: Yeah, so if and when uh Satamura does get back, it's gonna be Miko versus Blair Davenport, the former B Priestley, and I think that's gonna be your new NXT UK women's champion. If they have to do a tournament, it's gonna be Blair Davenport who wins it. She's getting that belt next. I think it's pretty clear. And she's gonna start mowing down friends of Miko, even though I guess Miko only has one friend. So she's gonna start mowing down friend of Miko. <laughs> exactly. Uh, The next match
0: was Saxon Huxley versus our boy, Kenny Williams.
1: Yes, the cockroach himself. I was disappointed in the ending of this match, but Babyface is going to beat heel. Saxon Huxley is huge. Kenny Williams is kind of average pro wrestler size these days. Saxon Huxley is like tall enough to walk a... Do the top rope entrance The Sid Vicious, Giant Gonzalez Walk over the top rope entrance The Kevin Nash So uh, yeah, I guess I couldn't be too surprised But man, I hate to see Kenny Williams lose We love this guy, he's so Especially
0: great. the way that he did lose, right? Like, I hate this Why are, you know, we always talk about stupid faces But I hate when the heel always falls for this, right? So in the middle of the match Subcultures music hits No one appears uh, And then Huxley does his violent slam To win the match
1: yeah, I uh, the uh, the violence slam, which is a uh, a stand up version of Evil's uh, Darkness Falls, which is a move that we all we really like, but I think it's getting a little overused. A lot, I feel like I've said Darkness Falls like twice a week on this pod, these podcasts. But uh, yeah, so it's a fireman's carry into like a power bomb thing that it, it usually goes in like fireman's carry into a Batista bomb, but this was more of like a fireman's carry into a spine buster. I guess it's it's still a devastating looking move.
0: Yeah. Uh, Backs, uh, how many crumpets supernovas would you give this match?
1: Uh, again, it was it was starting to get pretty good, but man, that ending really took the wind out of my sails. Like it really did make Kenny look like an idiot, and it's so cliche. The distraction finish, I think, typical WWE match. We're going two and a half crumpets out of five. It's a 50%. It's a Mendoza line kind of match, buddy. Yeah, I
0: agree with you. It's it's I I hate that ending, right? That's up there with schoolboy endings for me at this point. Like, you know, who who <laughs> would have thought that the biggest the only finisher that gets you a guaranteed win is a schoolboy or someone else's music. <laughs>
1: Somebody else's music is like 99% successful in professional wrestling. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, so Shaw Samuels reveals a top six list of number one contenders that he thinks his friend and current Heritage Cup champion, Noam Dar, can plow through. Sam Gradwell isn't happy to see his name on the bottom of the list. He issues a challenge to Samuels so he can move up in the rankings and prove he's Dar's toughest challenger yet. I think this is one of the funniest ways of setting up a match, like this random uh, ranking system Having said that This ranking system Probably makes more sense in AEWs. But hey What did you think of this? <laughs>
1: it's a drive-by bullet For AEW to take there? Uh, poor Tony Khan ah, he's, He'll be fine uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah no, I I, I laughed at this promo. I love uh, Shaw and Noam. The uh, basically the train spotting gimmick. They remind me of like the Scottish shit talkers in that movie a lot. They're basically doing train spotting. But I love I love train spotting. It's a, a fantastic movie. So I, I love these guys. Uh, this yeah this uh, dumb ranking system that they came up with made me laugh a lot. And we'll we'll do Shaw versus Sam. I'm into it. Yep. That will be a mean guy match. That's a hoss fight right there. Yep. Alright,
0: so next week on NXT UK, uh we have Blair Davenport versus Amelia McKenzie, and then we also have Pretty Deadly versus Mustache Mountain.
1: Yeah, and unconfirmed, but probably gonna happen. Uh Shaw Samuels versus Sam Gradwell.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh and then it's time for the main event of the match. Or of the of the night, which is for the NXT UK Championship, your champion Ilya Dragunov versus Rampage Brown. As we hinted and alluded to at the beginning of this show or of this segment, uh, this match was getting good, and then a freak injury happened, and the match had to be stopped by referee stoppage.
1: Yeah, it was. It was really good. I I thought yeah, it was. It was a good match until the injury. And then, yeah, I almost wonder, Boris, do you think there was a different spot that caused an injury and they just didn't want to show it to us since the show was edited, they they aired, you know, it, it was taped months ago probably or weeks ago at least. They could have said anything happened, right? So I, so I almost wonder if they didn't show us what actually caused the concussion because it genuinely looked like he didn't get hit at all by the Insegiri that ended the match. Having said that, they did sh- slow it down and I guess once they sl- slowed it down and blew it up, you can kind of see uh, Ilya Dragunov's toe connecting with Rampage Brown's head. I'm not in the ring, you know what I mean. I can't tell you all oh, that didn't look bad. Like maybe he hit him right on the temple and legitimately knocked him out. That's probably what happened. But I just wonder because watching it in, in full speed, it didn't look like he hit him at all with the thing that ended the match. It didn't. It looked like he kicked his hands.
0: Yeah. It um, it looked like like you said like his toes connected and but I. I don't know whether it was that or something else, but clearly they had to stop the match because it just—I find this a very weird way to end this match. Um, if this was anyone, if this was Walter, sure. But Ilya Dragunov, Ilya Dragunov is always a li- you know the little engine that could, right? He he somehow is able to find a win no matter what um, after a long match. So you know the, he he would be he would be perfect for New Japan and for 40-minute main events, but in this match. We, it was starting to get really good, starting to get really pick up steam. And then it just abruptly ends. And it, honestly, it took me completely out of the show.
1: And no fault to either performer. Yeah, no, exactly. and they did the right thing by stopping this match if Rampage Brown was really hurt. And it certainly looked like it was a legitimate injury on the outside of the ring. It looked like the doctor was helping him out. It looked real. I, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to criticize or anything. I'm just wondering if maybe they didn't actually show us the thing that hurt him and they came up with an explanation on the fly because they didn't want to show him getting rocked on TV, you know, so I wonder if that's what happened either way. It seemed like a legitimate injury to end NXT UK. And like you said, it, how could it not take the wind out of our sails? But I just hope Rampage Brown is OK and uh, we'll we'll see this match again, I'm sure. Yep,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, to me it just sounds like uh, like one of those uh, one of those unfortunate things. But having said that, Matt, we have to rate this match
1: yeah so yeah sorry again it's like no offense to anyone who was in it but it just kind of what ended up happening i would say it was a good match until the thing but you couldn't really call it any like you couldn't call it a great match or anything we're just gonna go three uh supernovas out of five for this one i feel like that's fair 60 percent. no amdar, uh crumping percentage
0: yep exactly um sounds great man so yeah we have a pretty interesting show uh tomorrow when we Talk about BAM. Uh, we're still figuring out the details of the of the format, but I think we're going to focus a little less on the sports, talk a little more on the wrestling because we have tons of wrestling yes. to get through. We have NWO, NWA. <laughs> Can you imagine NWA? Her times two to review. We're also going to be reviewing the AAA show from the weekend, which was just a lovely watch. Uh, we're also Christ. going to be doing a preview for. ROH, final battle, their final battle. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're you know there's just a lot to talk about in the wrestling world. And then in the sports world, we'll, 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 we'll find some stuff, but uh, we're really gonna try to focus on the wrestling this week. Um, so that's BAM tomorrow, patrons, you, that you'll get that. If you're not a patron though, you can join at patreon.com slash SNME radio uh, because you get one wrestling show a week. As we talked about, you get BAM on Thursdays, and then on Fridays, you get the old fucks as they chat about AEW, that's Joe and Dan, but this week, it's going to be Dan and myself chatting all things Dynamite, I am so thankful I get to watch Dynamite, and I didn't have to watch Raw, sorry Mike, (laughs) Um, that was Trial by Fire on the midweek markup, which is already out. Um, on Saturday, you get not one, but two shows. You get your smack daddies talking all things SmackDown. And then you get the dark side of the elite Elite talking all things Rampage on Rampage rollout. And then on Sunday, you get the main show, the terrestrial radio show. As a patron, you get it early. And more often than not, you get a little extra extra at the end of the show. Uh, so that's pretty much the lineup. Any merch, ballergear.ca. And the collection is SNME Radio. Uh, Follow us on all of the social medias Um, for SNME. It's at SNME Radio. And then for us, you can follow us at NXT TLK Podcast. That's NXT Talk Podcast. Uh, So, yeah, we'll do interesting shows that we talked about today. And then, Matt, I'm tired. It's been a long freaking week. We'll talk offline. We have a lot to plan. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Good night. Thank
1: you, Kyle. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah.